which generation did you grow up in? Have you noticed differences in behavior and attitude from different generations? We definitely have. And this week, we're sharing our thoughts on one generation in particular, Gen Z, and how we've noticed this generation to stand out or be different from other generations. So hi, Hannah. Let's start off with the workplace, because I think this is where we see a lot of the differences come out. So what are some perspectives that you've seen from our Gen Z teammates at work? Well, first, I'm pretty sure we can call ourselves Gen Z if we really mm-hmm. want to. We're kind of on the cusp of millennial and Gen Z, which is interesting because I, I personally don't feel like I fit fully into one or the other. It truly, I, I truly see a blend of values in myself, mm-hmm. but to speak about Gen Z, specifically, I love how this generation is taking back their work-life balance. Mm -hmm. And what I'm seeing now in the workforce, now that we work for a company that has like a younger population on average, it's so different from what I saw when Heidi, you and I, you know, first graduated college and then went to our first jobs at Mm -hmm. that one other company (laughs) where our coworkers were predominantly much older, like um, they were baby boomers or Gen X. And at that first job where we were working with older coworkers, I, I personally lost all hope that I would be happy while like working corporate and working the nine to five, because the way that our older coworkers treated work, they really made it seem like every task or every meeting was life or death. And I didn't see them practicing like a good separation between work and life. And I felt that because they weren't doing that, that was going to be my fate as well. And I didn't have the same driver passion as them to like be on all the time. So I love that Gen Z is really prioritizing their, their mental health and physical health and just overall well-being. Agree. They're not afraid to take their deserved PTO. And they're also not afraid to set boundaries. Like, I think sometimes even when we've gone on PTO, we have this anxiety, at least for me, to like, oh, I guess I'll just like check check my outlook or... Or you bring your laptop. Slack. Yeah, and it's like, um, maybe, maybe that, that shouldn't be happening. But some people do really well of like, hey, I'm going to be going on PTO. Notifications silenced. Outlook messages, automatic. (laughs) That's how it should be. And I think it's also harder when you work for a company that says like, oh, you have quote unquote unlimited PTO. Mm -hmm. Like even then you have to be more diligent and intentional of like just scooping out time to take time for yourself. Yeah. And I remember when I first started working and like first started understanding this concept of paid time off, even when I took time off and all my work was covered. And I wasn't, you know, leaving my teammate or team in the dust while I was gone. I still felt this anxiety of like, I should be working, even though I earned my time off and earned the hours. Um, I don't know. It was like a weird mentality, but I do feel like working with more Gen Z folks, I have less of that fear and anxiety when I take time off. Like, I feel like I can truly unplug now compared to like three years ago. Mm -hmm. 
I also think this like the hustle culture is no longer glorified. For yeah. instance, like no, I don't care if you worked an eight plus hour work day because it's like maybe that says something about your work ethic. I'm kidding. Some days that those are necessary, but it's like no one is like celebrating that anymore because it's ridiculous. It's like toxic and mm-hmm. work is just work. We're all just rocks on this planet. Like not rocks, but you we're know on a rock. I mean. We're on a rock. That's what I meant to say. <laughs> we're not rocks. <laughs> yeah. Going back to the hustle culture thing. Mm-hmm. I remember hustle culture was pretty big in like 2014, 2015. And yeah, that's definitely something I see too. It's like, I think older generations might be more achievement oriented versus some later millennials gen z like perhaps people like us well i think we value more independence and like purpose because it's just not it's not it ain't about helping companies make more money but but are we actually making a difference while getting paid fairly i think Mm -hmm. there is a key difference there it's not just about like work 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 but are we actually helping the planet and other people in a compensated way? I also think older generations have the mindset of if you stick to one company, you're good. It'll bring you success, which can still be true. But like how cyclical some industries are, as you can, as we see, like in tech, like Meta is just like still keep, they're still slaying off people. It's just like now moving and hopping around more frequently is actually better and more promoted nowadays rather than before it's like especially at our last company people bore are born there and then die there (laughs) no so true (laughs) definitely feel like my baby boomer parents Mm. hold that mindset and try to push that mindset onto me Mm. and especially when we were at our old job, seeing all these people being so committed and dedicated to wanting to stay at this company for so long, I definitely felt like an outlier or a, like the black sheep on my team for not having the same desire as them to stay there for 10, 20 years and like retire with this company. And I remember when I brought it up to my parents, they kind of told me that I was not, they didn't tell me this, outright but it was implied that I was being ungrateful and like asking for more than (laughs) asking for more than what is necessary because I mean our parents grew up in a generation where it was hard to even survive or like Mm -hmm. have a stable source of income especially with our parents being immigrants to the United States so for them just having a job was good enough but it's certainly not good enough for us who grew up I think we grew up in better conditions and we are a little softer than our parents. And we, if we think about like the hierarchy of needs, I feel like we started out at a um, higher place in the pyramid. So now we're like, our standards are a little bit higher. They didn't have the, the space to think about like, oh, am I happy? Like, am I mentally fulfilled? They're just trying to. They're just, just trying, trying to, to survive. I'm trying to give you food on the table. You're telling me you're, if you're fulfilled or not. <laughs> I mean, ultimately, I think that work 
is work at mm-hmm. the end of the day. So if you're lucky enough to find a job that really aligns with your passions, that's really awesome. And I'm very jealous of you. But mm-hmm. I, I think the truth that I've come to accept is that it's unrealistic for a majority of us who want stability and decent compensation. Yeah. You know, like I would love to pursue art because I I love art and it brings me joy to work on that kind of stuff. But getting to a point where I can pursue a career in that industry and find a stable job that pays me well is going to be incredibly challenging because everybody wants the same thing. Like everyone wants to find a job that is fun and makes them happy and pays them a shit ton of money. It's it's interesting to see like the the waves of peaks of like, (gasps) generations that are really going after what they love versus generations that are like you know this is this is how society is built up I'm just trying Mm -hmm. to like play the game here and be content with with like the least amount of effort and risk it kind of swings like a pendulum because if we think back to the oldest living generation right now they were very focused on like building a life and like checking all the boxes of owning a home and, mm. you know, being stable and secure. And then with our, almost our youngest generation, cause I think there's a new young generation called like gen alpha, but we're not going to talk about them. We're just going to talk about gen Z <laughs> with gen Z. They don't care. A lot of us don't care about that as much. And we are swinging the complete opposite way where a lot of gen Z are saying like, I don't want a home. I don't want all these material possessions. I just want to like own nothing and like live on a farm or live in the woods and just have a peaceful life, you know? Ooh, I also love how Gen Z prioritizes inclusivity in the workplace and Mm -hmm. similar to how they are not afraid to draw boundaries between work and personal life. I also feel like they're not afraid to speak out about behaviors that are not appropriate in the workplace, whether it's related to like, gender or racial or you know sexual orientation mm-hmm. discrimination and I feel like I've been slightly influenced by them you know there have been times in the past when somebody has said something that I felt to be not work appropriate and I never spoke out about it but nowadays I don't know what happened inside me maybe I'm just like I don't care if I I shouldn't say this I'll say it anyways. Maybe I'm putting less importance on my job title and job security status. Yeah. Yeah. And like my employment status. Maybe I don't care as much about that anymore, but I definitely feel more confident to speak up and stand my ground because like, what's the worst that can happen? Mm -hmm. You know, someone retaliates. What's going to happen to that person? I mean, most companies have a no retaliation retaliation policy. So it just makes them look bad. So what do you have to lose? Mm hmm. And then it's not like people were making this shit up. <laughs> yeah, it's make genuinely what up. happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we've seen both sides of the coins here. <laughs> so maybe sometimes there should be a little bit of the filter. Filter. <laughs> filter. And then other times it's like authentically bold, which we love. And mm-hmm. they are looking for places that value authenticity. And like they just want to bring their best and natural selves to work, which should have always happened in the first place. But obviously the society is just like, molding into a more colorful society like companies also need to keep up so more genuine interactions no more of that water cooler talk they're like trying to sell us on going back into the office because of water cooler talk oh hell no (laughs) (laughs) yeah i will say there are times when gen z 
I'm going to refer to myself as Gen Z. There Mm -hmm. are times when we are maybe demanding too much and can Mm -hmm. come off as whiny or complaining, but there are also times when this really works for us. And I think it's good to speak your mind and like complain loudly. Mm -hmm. Lots of great things that we've seen or just different shifts. But if we go to a different category here and we just talk about money habits, how do you think we or Gen Z approach money? Gen Z is a lot more carefree with their money and how they spend it. And part of it, I think, has to do with the fact that things have gotten so expensive and out of hand. If you just look at the price of food, inflation, the prices of a home, it's getting to a point where Gen Z is kind of like, I can't afford this anyways. Even if I saved up every single penny, I I can't actually live on a minimum wage. So why even like try? There's um there's a phrase in like Chinese culture that a lot of young people are starting to adopt, which is tang ping, which translates to like lie flat. So they have no more desire to climb ladders to make more money and to like hit these milestones because they just seem so impossible. So they're like, I just want to lie flat and enjoy my life and not exert too much energy. I feel like it's very Gen Z. You know, yeah, I love that. (laughs) It's kind of like just, again, minimal effort. And that Mm -hmm. can equate to less stress. Like the, the reason why there's this thing called of like climb the ladder, it's like we actually all put that like society put that on ourselves and I like how generations they have their own spin on it maybe they add to that add to societal expectations or they're here to take it down and just to like just encourage living life the way that you truly want to and like have no no fear of judgment from others because at the end of the day they're right like we're all gonna die you can't take all this money to your grave Mm -hmm. so I might as well spend it where you want. But I will say, always two sides of the coin here. Yes, they are frugal. And I also think that Gen Z, they're at an advantage, I feel like, because there are so many resources that they can utilize from them versus like other generations, maybe from our parents. Like there was no, was there Google? Like you, you I guess you learn through newspaper. yeah they had to like go to the library and check out books to look things up yeah now it's like you you literally google any question like how much can i invest in my roth ra or like how do i do taxes you can just do everything online and i think it's great you can go on youtube scroll on tiktok or even learn from your own parents mistakes and so i think gen z they i feel like they have a leg up and there's they ha- starting to have better money habits earlier than maybe a lot of other generations. But also, I think there's more student debt too. So it's just kind of like trade-offs here. Mm-hmm. And there's more student debt because this is apparently the most educated generation mm. of all the living generations. Most people have gone to college or hold some sort of like four-year yeah. university degree. Yeah. Um, 
But I definitely agree that they have so many more resources available to them. Like the other day, I wanted to figure out how to, this is not related to finance at all, but I was like, I want to figure out how to like cook this specific yeah. dish. I just literally went on TikTok. I don't even go on Google anymore just because TikTok. TikTok is so much faster and it's like 30 seconds, 60 seconds. They'll tell you how to do it. Mm-hmm. And I got the recipe and it taught me how to do it, which so is what amazing. What recipe did you look up? Um, it was less of a recipe, but more of how do I shape onigiri? Because <laughs> I wanted to make it into a triangle, but I was really struggling. So I was like, is there a easier way to shape my rice into a triangle? Oh, was there a way? Did they use like a like a cutter cookie shaper thing? Yeah. Um, some videos were like, oh, I use a mold. I'm like, that's cheating. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but I did learn. I did uh, learn. And then I gave up cool. and just shaped them into balls instead. <laughs> balls are great. We love mm-hmm. circles. Spears. <laughs> yeah. Gen Z also is the first generation to grow up in like a fully smartphone and technology immersed world. When smartphones were first introduced, I want to say in like early 2000s, I feel like it was a huge learning curve for people born in the 80s and and like earlier. But for us, it was so natural because we just we grew up with it. A lot of information accessible in your fingertips, in your pocket. But this also has had some pretty negative consequences on mental health, which we can mm. talk about in a second. Let's go straight into this just overall outlook on life and values and just mental health in general. I feel like life in general, how we want to progress our life, our families, whatever. Back in the day, starting a family felt very much like the next step for everyone, basically. So you see you see people popping out babies without no uh, I don't want to say no consideration, but like it just seemed like there was less consideration for like, am I ready to have kids? And can I afford kids? But now millennials and Gen Z and then and above it, and younger, it's like we're taking more consideration into whether we are just like men- mentally, physically, emotionally, financially, everything ready to start different chapters in our lives. And I'm not sure if it's because we've seen downfalls of like what could happen if you're not ready, but it's like, it's also to the point of like things are more expensive and it's just not quite as quote unquote easy to just pop babies out and then like just make sure your family is stable and secure, which is mm-hmm. kind of sad. I Well, on the bright side though, I do feel like a a part of the reason this is happening also has to do with the fact that we're probably moving away from like the more traditional gender roles because mm. women... 30 years ago, it's like you were expected to start a family. Mm -hmm. And now with a lot of, I mean, most women working full time, juggling side hustles, doing all this stuff. And also like, um, what is it called? Like like moving away from the nuclear family where it's like Mm -hmm. man, woman, child. Now Mm -hmm. you can have maybe two dads or like two moms or three moms. I don't know. (laughs) That might also have to uh, have to play a part in yeah. why we are not deciding to have kids so early and why some people are choosing to not have children at all. At all. Yeah. Yeah. Could also just be like depression over 
the type of world that they are bringing children into. I mean, that's that's totally one factor of like, I mean, I don't know if I want kids. It's like this world is already so. I mean, there's always like two sides, you know, some parts are very beautiful, but like, man, adulting is hard. Sometimes just living and breathing is just so tiring. I was watching this TikTok of like someone saying, wow, you, you have to get ready to go to work. You 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 do work for like eight, nine hours, and then you have to get ready to go home, but you can't just plop your bags. You have to then get ready for the next day. You have to cook dinner. You have to I shower. Think I saw that. Ready for- yeah. It's like, you're right. It's never ending. Holy it's God. a lot of work just to live exist. and exist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes when I'm feeling funny, I tell my mom that I know ne- I didn't ask to be born. And I'm yeah. sure that my kids will have this a similar thought in the future. They're going to be like, I didn't ask for the struggle to be placed upon me. Like, I also think Gen Z, I mean, we touched on this earlier, but Gen Z is really breaking away from the corporate, the rigid corporate structure of like, you need to find a nine to five. I mean, we have influencers, we got YouTube girlies, we got vloggers. So many non-traditional career paths. Mm-hmm. I feel like we're such a creative generation. And I love that people are actually doing something about like, oh, if I don't like my nine to five, I'm just going to quit and see what kind of like side hustle I can create to make money. And I just, that's the freedom that I yearn for. But you know, my boomer parents have instilled and ingrained into my mind that I can't and shouldn't do that. So I don't think I will do that, but I I love to watch and support people from afar who do decide to pursue their side hustles. Mm, I know. It's always so inspirational when you watch those videos. There's been a lot of those recently. Maybe it's just the for you algorithm trying to give us a signal. But so many people giving their two weeks notice and then kind of just living. And I see so, so many of them being or giving updates saying a month later and I you know, money is a little tight, but I feel so much happier, blah, blah, blah. And it's just, it's nice to see that. It's reassuring to see that as well, because for the first few years of me working in a corporate job, I always felt like I never fit the mold of yeah working there. Like I always felt unhappy and mm-hmm. I've learned to deal with it at, as of recently. Having like a more young culture at our company helps with that. But it seemed like everyone around us was really trying to become these corporate people. And I just could not understand it. And I'm glad to see that I'm not the only one who feels that way. Mm -hmm. And that there are other people who share the same sentiments. Mm, Especially at our old job. (laughs) Yeah. The cohort that we had, just for context, it it always felt off for me. And... It, cre- it casts doubt, which is unfortunate. So I think it's just nice to see that there are, as, again, so many different avenues to life. And it is truly up to you to decide how you want to live. No one's stopping you. No one's holding us hostage and being like, you have to work. It's, it's just the different mindsets and perspectives that we have. Mm-hmm. I am glad that I met Heidi because I literally thought everybody in our cohort was like, a robot alien 
who all thought the same thing. And I just felt like I can't, I couldn't relate to them. But when I found out Heidi, she was, she was on the same page. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> Everyone was so excited. Lunch and learn with an executive. I mean, granted there would be free donuts there, but for real, I'm about to sit at a round table, act curious about your career. I mean, granted, some of their careers are pretty cool, mm-hmm. but also SOS. I'm kidding. I did a lot of daydreaming in those lunches and learns. <laughs> oh, man. The life that we lived, Hannah, two years ago. Insane. Insane. We got to be grateful for this place that we are at now. Even though things might not be perfect. I it think is it's better. A, it's better. It's a lot better than than before <laughs> that, that um exertion and energy there at the tail end of your sentence so funny mm-hmm. i was just like reliving the days oh god anyways what other insights do you have to add on gen z <laughs> outlook on life and values as a gen z yourself oh man I wouldn't call these insights but i think we touched on this too it's just like although i think this this generation has like the most college degrees they're also we're seeing more of them breaking away from institutional structures for their education and how they learn and especially you know we've born into a digital world it makes sense that technology is interwoven to everything we're doing so that then makes our attention spans even shorter so there has to be you know other methods of learning than before not just like a traditional classroom and online I feel like even potentially our future kids, I have a feeling there might be some, hey, it could be AI. Oh my God, hope maybe that's already happening, but just other dimensions of learning than solely face-to-face and online and hybrid. It's interesting that you bring that up because for a work project that I did last mm-hmm. year, not like a client project, but an internal project, our job for our team was to figure out how to bring the fourth dimension into our client workshops. And that's like exactly the type of research that I had to do. Mm. And we were starting to think about like, oh, how can we engage people and make them feel connected to the content that they're learning outside of just handing them a piece of paper and asking them to read it or like putting something up on the screen and reading off of that and lecturing because that doesn't seem to cut it anymore for a lot of people like they want to be truly immersed into the experience mm-hmm. just a random thought food for thought we, you might yeah. be on to something Hannah I think the future of learning will have to look very different because to your point our attention spans is like oh. a goldfish <laughs> like 30 seconds we need to be we're like on to the next topic like I've noticed it in myself um, so I, I'm sure it's happening with younger folks as well. Oh my gosh. You you can just, lately, you can tell when you're running a meeting and if, oh, just my most recent meeting, I mean, I had a very chill week. So this meeting was last week and just like hosting a one hour meeting, I could already tell like the, 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 the fade in people's eyes of these like younger folks that I was speaking to. And it's like, girl, I get you. Maybe mm-hmm. I should have shortened this to squeeze everything in 45 minutes or less because hour-long meetings just sometimes don't cut it anymore. Yeah, and it sucks for us when we have to do seven-hour-long meetings oh. in Zoom workshop because I 
thoughts and prayers to those people who sign up for those workshops. I don't know how they do it because I cannot. Yeah. That's why we're thankful for net promoter scores that are relatively high because when we were participants in the internal workshop, Hannah, Mm -hmm. I was just thinking, oh, I'm just multitasking here, trying to not look like I'm multitasking, but also trying to eat snacks. It's just a lot of, a lot going on. Yeah. And this is why I never ask people to turn on their cameras Mm. because I don't want to turn on my camera Mm -hmm. as a, as a person going through this internal pilot. Mm -hmm. So I can't imagine the actual client would want to do the same. (laughs) In addition to apps like TikTok and short form content, just taking away our ability to focus for long periods of time, I feel like technology and social media and just having smartphones so easily accessible leads to a whole host of mental health problems, anxiety, depression, and it comes from so many different things. It Sometimes I feel like being too like plugged into social media can also cause your financial habits to be all over the place. If you're <laughs> easily influenced to buy the Dyson, the Stanley Cup, the Lululemon, like th- those those things are expensive. Mm-hmm. And it's so easy to fall into the trap of like wanting more and more and more, which is ironic because I assume that Gen Z was very like anti-capitalism. Like we don't want, we don't want to earn your money. We don't want to spend money. But at the same time, we also want like, the, yeah, like we want the trendy stuff. Um, so I don't know what's going on with us, but just an observation. <laughs> I also think that looking at people's vlogs and watching them live their lives makes it feel like we're living through them. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I've mentioned this on a previous episode as well, but it's almost like you forget to live your own life because you're so busy watching somebody else's. And that's really sad to me. And I notice myself falling into that pattern of behavior sometimes. And I have to like make a conscious effort to pull myself out because it's easy to not feel the signs that you're doing that. Mm. Man, I keep bringing up TikTok. It just shows you how much free time I've had this week. But I did watch a TikTok that touched on this point where we need to follow where our life takes us rather than trying to create what we hope our life will be. For example, this okay, I think I totally butchered her little quote there but her example is like let's say she was at a birthday party her friend's birthday party at her friend's birthday party she was thinking about oh like should should I be here I should be doing other stuff and it's like just enjoy enjoy where your day takes you you're right where you need to be you see other people doing going on vacations or at a different place in life and life milestones and just the timeline of those things are not are mutually exclusive does that make sense like you can Mm -hmm. everyone has their own timeline and things don't need to happen at the same time as everyone else Mm -hmm. but they can still happen just at a different time later yeah (laughs) we're in client facing roles and a lot of companies are oh how can we do things more efficiently and i think that also follows through into our own lives of okay, I have 10 minutes 
what are all the things I can accomplish in 10 minutes? And so we're trying to be more multitasking and it's, we're just never, then that leads to, you know, our attention spans are shorter because we're never fully so focused on one thing. Mm-hmm. It's kind of, kind of dangerous. What have you seen to be like a helpful solution to help you get out of that mindset when you feel it coming on? To me, I think this is what yoga helps a lot with. You can listen to our previous episode. But oftentimes when I have those moments, for example, even when I have those moments doing yoga, it's like, wait, wait, wait. Like this 30 minutes of yoga time is for myself, yet I almost feel as if I'm wasting the 30 minutes because I'm thinking about other things. So what's the point of doing yoga right now then? Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. It kind of like contradicts what I'm trying to do to benefit my life, but I'm not letting it actually benefit me because my mind is elsewhere. So then it's like, well, do I need to redo this? Or then I need to do something else to help me get back on track. So then that wastes your time even more in the long run. It seems that it's hard to be fully present in the moment. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if this is a thing that is unique to Gen Z. I feel like it's like everyone deals with this to a certain extent. There's that. And there's also like grass is greener syndrome. Like you're doing this, but it could be better if I was doing something else. Right. I don't know what the solution is. I struggle with this daily as well. We've said this before. Grass is greener where you water it. How can we make the best of what we have in front of us? Constant reminders that in this present moment, you are the youngest you'll ever be. (laughs) This is the only time that you get to experience this exact moment in time. Right. I feel like that helps to shift my perspective out of the future and into the present to be like, this is a moment I'm never going to get back. So if I waste it thinking about the future, the future is going to come, but I will never experience this moment again. I don't know. This might drag it out to a totally different topic, but this pressure that we feel of like aging, oh, by the time we're 25, 30, 40, we need to hit these milestones. It's, I think it also adds to why there's like, in addition to depression and just like comparison, it's because it's like, we're getting told these things from the outside world. And it, it's just, uh, some of it is valid, but others it's like, what the heck? I mean, age really is just a number it's about your energy like you so you can be 50 years old and people think you're 30 every generation is unique given the historical circumstances and events that shaped their upbringing understanding each other's views will help us communicate and collaborate better in and out of the workplace let us know what other differences you notice in perspectives and values Thanks for listening to this week's episode, BBs. We will see you next week. Bye.